Barefooting with Sierra uses Buzzsprout. Just start with the equipment you already have and a quiet space. Add Buzzsprout and your podcast is ready to go. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to show how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support the show. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Barefooting with Sierra. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional land, gathering place, and traveling route of the Cree, Anishinaabe, Blackfoot, Métis, Dene, and Nakota Sioux. My name is Sierra Larson, better known as Barefoot Sierra. I'm a novelist, comic creator, and independent journalist, and I have been living without shoes since 2010. I created this podcast to keep my audiences in touch with all of my projects, to talk about things I care about, and to interact with the awesome people in my various professional networks. In this episode, I interview barefooter David Gus. I'm going to break this podcast up into four parts, novels, comics, journalism, and barefooting, each representing a different aspect of my professional life. I will give you updates on what I'm working on, let you know about any new works you can see, and keep you in the know about when I do free book giveaways on Amazon. Let's get started. First up, novels. I'm still working on editing the finale to my Red 72 series. It's slow and meticulous going, but the advice is always to spend as much time editing your manuscript as you did writing the first draft, so I'm not concerned about how long it's taking. My editor was thorough with his notes. I'll share one of them with you so you can get an idea of what you're paying for when you hire a professional editor. Be careful of overusing exclamation marks. If used too much, readers may get the impression that the writing is amateurish, lazy, or juvenile. The reason may be that, perhaps subconsciously, readers expect to be immersed in the scene through the author's creativity. Following the old adage of show, don't tell, it is best to describe emotional reactions of characters. Aaron Wind is probably good enough for readers to know Aaron's emotional state, so no exclamation mark is needed. Or if you feel it's necessary to highlight Aaron's tone of voice, you could write something like Aaron squirmed, wrinkled his face, and cried out, Mama, hungry. Screamed, shouted, yelled, etc. work too, of course. Also, in many cases, an exclamation mark is too vague. It can mean excited, angry, thrilled, scared, shouting for attention, out of pain, etc. So to make it clear, the author would have to add a bit of description, e.g., I win, he yelled with excitement. But in that case, the exclamation is, in, is redundant. I win, he yelled with excitement, means exactly the same thing as I win, he yelled with excitement. As you can see there, it sounds exactly the same thing in audio. It's written differently, though. Nothing is gained by adding the exclamation mark. Instead of just taking out the exclamation point, he wrote me a veritable essay on the importance of not overusing them. So you really are getting what you pay for when you hire a professional editor. In novel news, actor Tom Holland is slinging his webs beyond the Marvel Cinematic Universe into Cherry, the movie adaptation of Nico Walker's debut novel of the same name. It's a dark story dealing with PTSD, drug addiction, and crime, a far cry from Holland's previous work with the Russo brothers, who also directed this film. Cherry is streaming on Apple TV+. AMC Plus has also taken on, on a novel adaptation. Cold Courage is a series adaptation of Pekka Holtonen's studio book series, named after the first book in the series. The studio sees two Finnish women in London drawn together while investigating a string of murders. AMC Plush initially released two episodes and will release a new episode weekly. And now for comics. 
My latest comic features my little possum Paul juggling. I've been trying to learn to juggle since 1996 and have taken lessons multiple times. I've gotten to the point where I can get two balls going, but more than that just doesn't work for me. Recently, my son has taken up an interest in juggling, so I asked a friend who's proficient in the skill to give him lessons, and I tried to learn again as well, to no avail. But I did at least pick up some more techniques that might eventually help me as I continue to practice. I have a connective tissue disorder that affects coordination, so if I never get it down, I'm not that upset about it. I'm juggling life pretty well, and that's enough for me. In comics news, we still aren't able to go to comic conventions, but I have a list of online events coming up for you. On Tuesday, March 16th at 6 p.m. Eastern, the Book Industry Guild of New York is hosting a Zoom panel with Chris Arendt, Joseph Illich, Whitney Leppard, Lauren White-Jackson, and Sarah Gomez-Woolley on how comics and graphic novels are adapting to the changing world. On Monday, March 22nd at 1 p.m. Eastern, Microsoft is hosting a drawing event with Dav Pilkey. Also on March 22nd at 2 p.m. Eastern, Ohio State University is hosting a Zoom panel with Mary Naomi and Caitlin McGurk on art and feminism. On Saturday, March 27th at noon Eastern, ShareOcon is holding a virtual event celebrating women in comics and adjacent fields. You can find registration links to all of those events in the show notes. Toronto's University Health Network is trying something innovative to curve the spread of COVID among their homeless community. They enlisted local artists Josh Rosen and Wen Ting Lee to create comic strips about the vaccine. Homeless Shelter Sanctuary then educates homeless Toronto residents about the vaccine with these comics. Some of the comics explain how the vaccine works with illustrations that look like a cartoony version of my high school biology textbook diagrams, and others are like the social stories that my son's therapists have helped me create when he's encountering situations he doesn't know how to deal with, like going back to school during COVID. So far, the shelter workers are saying the comics are helping overcome vaccine reluctance, so I say that's a good thing. All right, next up is journalism. So the case I'm writing my true crime book on is potentially going back to trial on appeal. I've frequently described this case as a rabbit hole made of rabbit holes, and this appeal that was approved by the courts has just given me a whole new level of rabbit hole that I have to explore. I was talking to someone the other day who was asking me when the book was going to be done because I've been talking to him about it for three years and he wants to read it, but I can't in good conscience put out a book about a case without all the information. So I'm going on a deep dive into the decision from the appeals courts, and that has been fascinating, although I'm not sure how much will actually end up in my book. I still don't have the transcripts from the last two trials, but depending on how things go, I might end up getting the information by just attending this third trial, which, by the way, it's ridiculous to expect anyone to remember exact details of something from probably more than 10 years ago by the time this thing actually goes to the third trial. In this week's current events, Edmonton is taking composting company Clean It Green It to court over their stench. When I heard about this, at first I laughed because that's what the smell is. I've been thinking the sewers were wafting up steam all this time. The city has issued 33 smell bylaw tickets to the company, of which they have paid fines for 14 of. The province took out an environmental enforcement order against the company in 2011, but the province hasn't been enforcing it lately. No surprise there, considering our provincial government literally sold parts of our provincial parks to private companies. They don't exactly care about the environment. So because the province isn't taking action and the company isn't paying their fines, the city is going to court to try to force Clean It Green It to close. The company's CEO is sticking with the line that the smell is coming from the sewers, which admittedly are an issue. 
There are certain sewer covers in the city I have dubbed stink holes because they smell so bad. Epcor Utilities says that the smell comes because wastewater isn't moving and hydrogen sulfide gas rises up through the covers, making the smell. The smell is worst in the winter in the stink holes near me, which I guess makes sense if the wastewater is freezing and therefore not moving. Edmonton residents can report smell complaints, whether from the stink holes or because of Clean It, Green It, by calling 311. Also from Edmonton, police are asking witnesses to a stabbing to come forward with information. Around 6.30 p.m. on March 5th, a group of men were playing basketball at an outdoor court at Ozerna Park. An altercation resulted in one of the men being stabbed. The suspect is described as a bearded male in his early to mid-twenties, between 5'7 and 5'9, with a medium build. The victim's wound was non-life-threatening, and he has since been released from the hospital. Anyone with information regarding this incident is asked to contact Edmonton Police at 780-423-4567. Last but not least, let's talk about barefooting. This week started off warm, and I got a few great days of barefooting in before it got cold again and I needed to wear shoes. I was able to run several errands and go into several shops barefoot without any issues on those warm days. And I visited a friend who remarked how wonderful it must be for me to go barefoot again. It definitely is. Now for my interview with barefooter David Gus. Hi, David. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. Please tell the listeners a little about yourself, where you're from and what you do. I am uh, from northern Colorado. I have uh, a couple kids. I uh, used to drive Uber and Lyft, but it was no longer safe. So I am uh, pretty much retired until this is blown over. Definitely understandable. And you're a barefooter, which is how we, you know, connected in the Society for Barefoot Living. How did you get started with going barefoot? I've always had a tendency to be barefoot. And I decided while I was walking my dog recently with some uncomfortable sandals that I was just going to carry them the rest of the way. And that was kind of the turning point. I went uh, pretty much full-time after that. Awesome. What's the coldest temperature you've gone barefoot in? doesn't get as cold as it does in Edmonton, but uh, I have, I have pushed minus temperatures a couple times, but only for a short while running out to the, to the car, to the mailbox. And uh, you know how it works. It's uh, a time thing. If you're, shoveling snow in 30 degree weather you can you can go for an hour or so for sure and for those canadian listeners or you know the rest of the world that uses celsius 30 fahrenheit is about minus one celsius um and what's the hottest you've done it doesn't get that hot here but uh i'm sure i've done 95 or 100 fahrenheit Wow, that's that's significantly hotter. I don't know that one off the top of my head, but I'm going to look that one up real quick. 95 to 100. Like, I know that's probably like in the 40s, 95 Fahrenheit to Celsius. Okay, 35 Celsius. That's still no, no, thank you. And 100 is 37 Celsius. (laughs) I've I've done 36 Celsius was my absolute hottest temperature I could handle. And it was Mm -hmm. my feet were on fire. (laughs) It was not good. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, black asphalt is kind of the the nemesis of, of those of us that do this. And so we, we hot-footed across streets, my dog and I usually. And uh, I can tell she's not comfortable with it. She's she's tugging to get to, this, to the whiter 
cooler sidewalks. For sure. Yeah. The, those parking lots when it's summer, it's, I travel a lot and yeah, I think it was Salt Lake city in July parking lot was my worst experience for my bare feet. <laughs> mm-hmm. This time of year, we make a point of uh, staying off sidewalks that have been dusted with uh, rock salt that people put down. Can't tell if it's foot friendly or not. So I just stay off of it this time of year. Yeah. Those, the, if it's just plain salt, that's not so much of an issue. It'll still be drying out your skin, which can cause issues with the lipid layer that protects your feet. But the ones that are chemically treated, those can actually cause chemical burns. So, yep. Yep. That's you live and learn (laughs) a few chemical (laughs) burns myself. That's painful. I get correct. I get correct heels when I uh, forget to wash it off if I am exposed to it. Yeah, yeah. So how do you deal with encounters where people insist that you need to wear shoes? Well, I uh, I don't normally carry shoes. I leave them in the car if somebody insists and gets kind of belligerent about it. I, I go ahead and put on some minimal shoes. Uh, I'm a fan of zero sandals. They're just minimal bottom of the foot stuff that I uh, I can slap on but usually my encounters are I have a fairly confident attitude when somebody says sir you have to put on shoes in our store and I say actually I don't the uh, home office for your company has no policy regarding footwear and uh, I take full responsibility and they usually shrug it off or say whatever okay fine Go about your business. Good stuff. Yeah. So some people are more reasonable than others, but yeah, you do sometimes have to have those, those emergency shoes as I call them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how have your feet changed since you started going barefoot? Oh my, I have obviously a set of calluses that I have developed and uh, take care of. I don't file them off or anything. I, it's a little rough around the edges. I'll, I'll actually take some some sandpaper or some some sort of foot file and clean up the edges so that everything looks good on top at the bottoms. I, I don't mess with it. And um, what percentage of the time are you going barefoot? Uh, the last time I put on shoes was probably six weeks ago. I went to a activity that required some sort of footwear. And uh, so it's it's 100%. Excellent. What advice do you have for someone who wants to get started living barefoot? Well, uh, good question. I, uh, I suggest people just uh, start slow, take a pair of minimal sandals with you. If you're walking the dog or going for a, a mile walk or a two mile hike or something like that, go as, uh, as far as you can. Until it's uh, uncomfortable, you, you're feeling raw on the uh, bottoms of your feet. Uh, put those sandals on, and the next day, push a little farther, and then ultimately you'll be able to handle cold and hot and rocks and all kinds of surfaces. It's uh, my favorite time to tell people to get acclimated is in the fall when it's just starting to get cool. Let your feet acclimate as it gets cooler, colder, 
And you'll find that, uh, sure enough, at uh, 35 degrees, 30 degrees, 25 degrees, you can you can actually let your feet acclimate to the cold and hot. For sure. That is great advice. And I, I definitely agree with that. I had issues going barefoot this winter because I was in quarantine in the fall and didn't get that adjustment period of when it started to get cold. And so I went from these moderate fall temperatures to all of a sudden it was sub freezing and my feet were like, nope, can't like, ah, now I have to wear shoes. This is awful. (laughs) Yeah. That would be a shock. Yeah. Stinking COVID. (laughs) Yeah. Where can people find you online? Oh, I'm on uh, Facebook, David Gus, and uh, I'm actually, that's about it. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Oh, well, thanks for having me. And now for the Barefoot News. People are still on their kick about Dr. Seuss's estate, ending publication of six of the author's titles, equating the move to censorship. I have several acquaintances who are deeply offended by this decision, don't see what is so wrong with what was in the books, and want to know why we aren't tackling real problems in the world like porn. First of all, porn's target market isn't six-year-olds, and these books do target young children, so there's that. But let's look at what's wrong in just two of the cancelled books to see why they're going the way of the dodo. In the original version of And to Think That I Saw It on Mulberry Street, Seuss draw a highly caricatured Asian person with a thin braid, wooden shoes, yellow skin, and slanted slashes for eyes. He captioned this drawing, A Chinaman Who Eats With Sticks. He's holding chopsticks. In 1978, Seuss issued a new version without the yellow pigment or braid and changed the wording to A Chinese Man but the overall caricature was still quite racially insensitive. In If I Ran the Zoo, there are also racially insensitive caricatures of Asian people, with a caption that reads, Helpers who wear their eyes at a slant. On top of this, there's a drawing featuring Africans in grass skirts, barefoot, shirtless, and quite frankly, looking a lot like monkeys. I read both of these books multiple times as a kid, and I don't even recall registering any of these images in my brain, But for countless individuals who have been represented in this way, these images are hurtful stereotypes. Texas Rangers shortstop Isaiah Kinner-Falefa spent the off-season working on his power swing in a unique way. He went home to Hawaii, where his father is a tree trimmer. His father would bring home stumps of trees that he had worked on. Kinner-Falefa would then put on safety glasses, grab an axe, get down on one knee in front of the stump, bare-chested and barefoot, and as Dallas News put it, go to town on the stump. Kinnerfalefa said, If you look at the biomechanics of the new swing and how to hit the fastball, it's all about keeping your elbows as tight as possible. When you pick up that axe and the head is really heavy, the only way to hit it and make a dent in that tree is to pretty much have the pure mechanics of a great swing. I wanted to put that muscle memory into my mind and understand the impact into the wood is the same impact of the ball. This isn't a completely revolutionary way to train, of course, and some companies even make axe-handled bats which Kinner Falefa has switched to for this year. Entrepreneur Kylie Brinkman has opened a third location of her acai bowl and smoothie restaurant, The Bowl, in Naples, Florida. Brinkman attended Florida Gulf Coast University in Naples. Then she and her husband moved to California after graduation, where she got hooked on acai bowls. An acai bowl is essentially an acai berry smoothie served in a bowl and topped with fruit, nuts, granola, pretty much whatever you want. When Brinkman moved back to Naples, she noticed no one made them there, so she set out to make them available. She started at Farmer's Markets in 2014, opened her first The Bowl location in 2015, 
and the second in 2017. Brinkman told Naples News that her favorite bowls are constantly changing, but right now they are the Isla Mirada, named after her daughter Isla, and the Barefoot Brody, named after her son Brody. That's all for this week's show. I'll be back next week with an interview with my uncle Hugh Spencer about his science fiction writing. Thanks so much for listening in. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to sierrathebarefootgirl at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at sierrathebarefoot, on Facebook as sierrathebarefootgirl, on Twitter at sierrabarefoot, and on TikTok at sierraisbarefoot. You can follow the podcast itself on Instagram at barefootingwithsierra. All of my books are available on Amazon. My comics are available on Instagram at worldofpossums and patreon.com slash possumpeat. Thank you to Legion X for the intro and outro music. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. And please share it with a friend if you've enjoyed it. Until next time, this has been Barefooting with Sierra.